This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Welcome to Awesome Etiquette, part of the Infinite Guest Network. I'm Dan Post-Senning. And I'm Lizzie Post from the Emily Post Institute. Lizzie, you had something interesting happen to you yesterday. Yeah, no, I, I did actually. Yesterday was a fun day, but it started the day before. I hadn't heard from a good friend of mine in a while, and she's one of those friends that you're so close, it like... It kind of doesn't matter when you fall out of touch a little bit. And it had been about a month and a half since we'd actually... Those are the best friends. They are the best friends. But it had been about a month and a half since we had uh, connected. And it was... Sorry, Benny's just like hacking in the background. Um, it it was bumming me out because she's someone I definitely lean on, kind of wanted a friend to lean mm-hmm. on. But at the same time, the times we have connected, I... I heard from her that she'd been seeing someone new and she was over the moon about it. Like two dates and she knew that this was the guy. Wow. So yesterday she calls me up and we were connecting and she's totally in Gaga love world. I can like hear it in her voice. (laughs) And she goes, I I hear her say, you know, to, to Dave in the background, should we tell her? And I said, you're engaged. She goes, a little more than that. We're getting married tomorrow morning at 10. What? So she's a, she's a therapist and in between her sessions, for the day, they were going to go down to the lake and just them and an officiant oh. and get married. And and that was it. And she hadn't told anyone. I feel confident saying it now because, mm-hmm. you know, a little time will have passed. But um, she said, you know, you're the only person I'm telling. And we discussed. I was like, well, what should we do? Should we do something to celebrate? Do you want anything to celebrate? And she said, let's just go just the two of us for coffee at kind of our place And so at two o'clock yesterday afternoon, a few hours after she got married and went back to work after she got married, (laughs) um, we went just the two of us and had like pastries and cafe au lait and celebrated and sort of talked about this giant step that she made so suddenly like there wasn't a ring. She has like just a little band, you know, and that's it. And she couldn't be happier. But it's so refreshing. And this isn't at all to put down the wedding that you're about to go through, but so amazingly refreshing, especially being one of our wedding etiquette experts, mm-hmm. to hear about a wedding that was so incredibly simplistic, yet just as joyful, just as fulfilling, just as satisfying. And as her best friend, it was really fun to just have – it was it was weird, but it was fun to just have this reception without even the groom there. It was just the two of us. It sounds enchanting. It really does. It was. <laughs> I, and I love the idea of 
um, even just bringing one person in to bear witness and what an honor it is to, to play that role. Yeah, well, I wasn't even there to witness. I wasn't at the sure. actual. I asked her, I was like, do you need a witness? Like, I'm happy to take time out of my schedule. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, no, no. It's just going to be the two of us. And it just, I love it. It, was a sweet, it was a sweet swing. So we decided that tonight we're going to have a belated reception mm-hmm. with oysters and whiskey at, at Hen of the Wood. So at 530, mm. we're going to go do that. Yum, yum. <laughs> but definitely, definitely one of the cooler, more relaxed, no gifts involved wedding I've ever been to. Sure, you're right. But there's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to learn, but it's worth it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others. On every episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. Awesome Etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? (laughs) StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. (laughs) After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Tom writes, Hi, I love your podcast. I always enjoyed the once a month segments on Dinner Party Download, but I always wanted more. Yay! We're so glad we're giving it to you. (laughs) My question is about hats and when and where to wear them. Growing up, I was always told that a gentleman always removes his hat indoors. Nowadays, I see men wearing hats indoors quite a bit. Was I misled? Has it become acceptable to wear hats indoors? If so, is it venue specific, such as bars are okay and restaurants are not? Or maybe hat specific? Top hats are okay, but baseball hats are not? Please let me know. Hi, Tom. Thanks for your question. This is a classic, and it's a classic with a bit of a twist. People have been wondering about hats forever, and that's where that really traditional rule that you're referring to comes from. And it is a really solid traditional rule. It used to be that men always took their hats off indoors. We we do live in an increasingly casual and informal time, and I'm, I'm sure you've witnessed, like I have, like, 
many of us have that, that this tradition isn't observed as um, firmly as it used to be. There are definitely lots of people that give themselves the exception. Uh, maybe they're at the gym or at a, at a sort of casual indoor location, whether it's a sports arena, um, maybe even for some people a bar. Uh, one of the places we really still draw the line firmly is that when you're uh, somewhere that people are eating, you absolutely want to take your hat off. You want to show that respect to other people. When you're visiting someone's home, you absolutely want to take your hat off and show that respect to people. I like to take a pretty firm line here. I say whenever you're in a new situation, whenever you find yourself somewhere new or unfamiliar, it's a really good idea to take your hat off when you're indoors. So I totally agree with a lot of what you said, but I think it's even a bit more lax than that. And I like that you said that you take a firm position. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the more lax position and say that most places nowadays, it's pretty much okay if you're in the mall, if you're, you know, if Mm -hmm. you are at a bar. It's I rarely take my Saints cap off when I go to a bar to watch football. In fact, I've got it on because... I'm watching my team. I'm supporting my team. But also I think about the golf club that I go to. And when I first joined, I wasn't sure if Mm -hmm. hats were allowed at the bar or not. And sure enough, I noticed a lot of guys wearing their hats at the bar. So I felt comfortable doing it as well. And let's face it, after four hours of golf, my hair doesn't look too good underneath. So I'm very happy to leave my hat on. But I do think you're right that it nowadays it's very situationally specific. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've always tried to tell people is that if you're I love the fact that you said if you're in a new situation, if you're going to be greeting someone new or meeting someone new, mm-hmm. you want to remove that hat so that your face can be Scene. And that's a welcoming and friendly gesture that we as a society still make. So even though when you step into the elevator or lobby, you know, lobby of a building and then into the elevator, maybe you don't remove your hat. Maybe it's not considered bad manners anymore. But if you were going to be meeting a client in that ele- in that lobby first and then riding up the elevator, you would remove your hat because you're starting an interaction with the person that you want to be friendly and that you want to have yeah. um, that eye contact that's so much easier when you don't have a brim. I-, I love the way you're painting the picture of joining someone in an elevator because it makes it really real for me. And I think about... Um, what it means when someone does take their hat off when they're near you. And and I, def- I definitely don't think it's a social requirement, but boy, it's so nice when someone joins that close space with you. And, and I love the way you talk about seeing your eyes. My mm-hmm. mom used to say, you can get any haircut you want growing up, but I want to be able to see your eyes. I want to be able to look you in the eyes. And it's such an important part of establishing trust and relationships and the gesture of taking off your hat so you make your eyes available. What it, what it reminds me of is that maybe if I stepped into that elevator and I was with someone that was a little older than me, I might really want to take that hat off to show respect to someone who's a little bit older. And that that gesture might really matter to that person in the same way that holding the door might or offering someone a seat. It it really is a a generational etiquette. And I don't think most of my peers would be offended if I left my hat on. No, when you and the guys watch football, you know, when you and Will get together or go to the hockey game together. (laughs) But in those situations where there is something that I want to bring up, and this one is for a, a close family friend, Pops, who has since passed away, but he was always a real stickler for removing your hat during the national anthem. And Mm -hmm. that is still one place where absolutely you cannot get away from it. It is disrespectful if your hat is on, no matter what type of hat it is. Mm -hmm. Ladies, gentlemen, doesn't matter. And you bring up another good point. It used to be that there was an exemption for ladies. Ladies did not need to take their hat off indoors. And this is one of those, I I love it's the, the classic 
etiquette question with the current twist mm-hmm. where we're going to say that that gender equality applies to women here. If you're it wearing does. a baseball cap, take it off. And I, I appreciate your situation after golf where your hair is a mess because <laughs> that was the initial idea was that uh, if you had your hat pinned to your hair, it was attached to your head. It was part of an outfit or an elaborate right, hairdo. Right. It could be a real pain to take your hat. In fact, it might even <laughs> be impossible. Yeah. So, so there was the exemption for women in those situations. But Let's face it, these days, not everybody's in that particular type of situation. It's not your Sunday hat. It didn't take a half hour to get it in place. So show the respect to the people around you, particularly at a meal where you take that hat off before you come to the table. Indoors, more generally, you could think about it, play with it, look at the situation. All right, Tom, I hope that solves solves your question and hats off to you. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica writes, I'm writing from Zurich, Switzerland. Here it is common to greet acquaintances and neighbors by name. If you're close, which everyone in my building is, you greet them with three kisses and ask for their well-being. But I have Crohn's disease and no large intestine. When I arrive arrive home, I typically have a private priority that precludes a leisurely greeting. So what can I do to show kind, considerate neighbors that their well-being is important to me, but that my well-being is on the brink at the moment? (laughs) Apologies for any crassness. Thank you for... Thank you and be well, Jessica. Oh, Jessica, I feel for you. That's no crassness at all. This is this is exactly the kind of question Dan and I really love because it is I, I love that you're putting such an importance on these greetings and this custom within within Switzerland and within these people in your building that you're close with. And that just shows that you are very aware and very considerate of the fact that interactions mean a lot. So that's like mm-hmm. thumbs up to you. You're, you're giving us not only a challenge, but you're also coming at it with such a great spirit. Um, greetings are really important. And every culture has um, has its greetings. In, in America, we're actually very lax about our greetings. We kind of, a quick hi is totally sufficient and friendly. But here, that's not the case. And you definitely have a medical condition that, like you said, precludes the greeting. So I think that if you feel comfortable with it, what my suggestion to you would be, and we'll, we'll give you two, but what my suggestion would be is that if you're comfortable letting the closest of these neighbors know that I'm sorry, but I I do need to step inside. There is um, something I have to deal with. I've, I have a medical condition. I really need to be able to use the restroom, get settled, whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable explaining what you have to go do, either with actually explaining it or with <laughs> gently hinting at it. Um, you know, practice the language, find it on your own. But but saying it to these folks and say, it would be great if you just know that I'm going to step inside for just a minute and then I'll come right back out because I really want to greet you and say hello and, and spend a minute with you during my day. I think that would be totally polite, totally reasonable. And if you have the confidence to do it, to go for it. But if you don't have the confidence. I think that that's a great place to start. You try to head yeah. it off ahead of time. But how do you handle it in the moment when you find yourself in that situation right as you're getting home? Sometimes uh, the magic words are magic anywhere we find ourselves. Just a brief excuse me or pardon me. I'd love to catch up in just a minute when I've had a chance to get situated. Mo- most people are going to understand that. And that can mean get the, the bags out of your arms as much as getting into a, a detailed um, medical explanation mm-hmm. of what's going on. So those magic words are really magic just to excuse yourself or pardon yourself for a minute and then really make that effort to come back and complete that greeting and and give it the time and attention that you clearly want to give it and that it deserves in, in this situation. So we hope that helps and that either either way you choose to go, whether the big explanation or sort of the the quick 
um, you know, excuse me for just a minute, either one, you'll be safe. And you'll the idea is to communicate to your neighbors that the greeting is valuable to you and you don't want to lose it. And, and we really do understand oftentimes it's these times in life when we're when when things are a little rough or difficult that the, the little niceties take on the most importance. And, and I can really understand not wanting to sacrifice those interactions. So I definitely think it's worth taking the time and and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our next question comes from KM. A colleague approached me to report that a client in her office retrieved a tissue from a box on a nearby table, blew his nose, and then tossed the tissue into her trash container. She expressed dismay that the person did not ask permission to dispose of the tissue. She indicated that it is proper etiquette to do so and that she has the right to decline that request if she chooses. What is the etiquette for nose blowing? Is my colleague correct? Um... Correct. Yes. Extraordinarily nitpicky. Yes, too. I'm going to say it, man. I'm going to come down a little harsh on his colleague. This is so so technically, yes, you know, at someone's trash can under their desk. It's nice to say, do you mind if I throw this out in your trash? But you're talking about a client. Are you really going to decline a client throwing a tissue out? You're going to make him hold a snotty tissue just because it's your quote unquote etiquette right to do so. Sorry, honey. But those rules aren't made for that kind of standing. Like mm. Emily Post always said, in fact, just in in listening to her radio show the other day, she said, you know, it's the principle and the intention behind the rule. It's not the rule itself. So the intention behind that rule that she's talking about is just be considerate that, you you know, you're going to use someone's, uh, like you know, that. sort of part of their office yeah. and to throw out your dirty Kleenex. But I really want her to look at this situation and think, OK, this is a client. I want to make them feel as comfortable as possible. I'm not going to get bent out of shape because they wanted to use my receptacle. Like, sorry. That makes so much sense to me that, <laughs> that, that you're really getting to the heart of the, the point and that the rule is there to give you a guide for a way not to offend someone else. It's not a tool to, to hit someone with if they fail to use that behavior with you. Yeah, or to get all bent out of shape. <clears throat> it's like, you know, come on. And everyone has their bad days. And I mean, clearly mm -hmm. I was being a little strong saying, come on, honey. But it's like, come on, really? 
Like this is what you're gonna this is what you can go after right now, mm-hmm. you know. I, at least he didn't throw it on the floor. It's flu season. <laughs> we all don't want to get sick, but we all might find ourselves in a situation of just really needing to blow our nose and giving right. each other a little latitude. I think is is going to go a long way towards well, getting through this coming winter. Remember too that the rules of etiquette are there to make people feel comfortable. Now maybe she didn't feel very comfortable when someone just used her trash can without asking her first. But you're in a business situation. This this is your client. Make your client feel as comfortable as possible. And it's just it's not one to get bent out of shape over. I like how you're thinking about the client as a guest. I yeah. think that's a really that's a really appropriate thought. And then on the flip side, you know, you can always you can always go and blow your nose in the restroom. You know, you could say, excuse me for just one minute and go do it there. If that if that's something that would make you more comfortable. And frankly, it's nicer for the other people around you. Clients and guests take note. <laughs> Thanks so much for writing in, KM. We hope that that helps solve your your etiquette dilemma at work. You hear that? She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you know? Thanks to everyone for sending in your questions. We really appreciate it. it. It truly is the beating heart of the show. We couldn't do it without you. You can submit your next question to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can also send them in via Facebook or Twitter. Just use the hashtag awesomeetiquette so that we know you want it on the show. Today we're going to bring you a section out of one of our favorite books. It's called The Rituals of Dinner, The Origins, Evolutions, Eccentricities, and Meaning of Table Manners. It's by Margaret Visser, and it is one of our favorite, favorite, favorite books. It's a fascinating history of dinner, um, how we celebrate the meal together, and we are going to start bringing you sections of it from now on because we thought that would be a good idea. So today, (laughs) the first one that we're bringing is actually about... um, is about toasting rituals Mm -hmm. and um we will go further into toasting at a different point but we wanted to to get through this today modern european toasting rituals are strongest and most formal in germanic scandinavian and eastern european countries no one should taste wine or other alcohol in scandinavia until the host has made a toast All lift their glasses and look around at everyone present. They toast, taste, then look around at everyone again. Guests in Denmark may give subsequent toasts. The guest of honor is expected to express thanks to the host by tapping his or her glass to attract attention and then proposing a toast. The drama of toasting has never been very strong in Mediterranean countries since the rise of Christianity, which gave to wine a gentler, though still sacred, mystique than the one it had enjoyed in the classical world. Toasting is given German names in French, Italian, and Spanish. The custom seems to have been reintroduced in Germanic form to those countries during the 16th century, probably by the—and forgive me on the mispronunciation (laughs) here—Landsknecht— bands of German mercenaries who fought wherever they could find employment. So in Spanish and Italian, to toast is brindar and brindare. From German, 
ich bring dirs, a toast meaning I bring it to you. French trin trinquer trinquer. How do you? You're you're my closest <laughs> French help on this. <laughs> trinquer is from German trinken to drink. In English, the word toast comes from the British practice of floating a piece of toasted bread. On top of the wine, ale, or mead of the loving cup. Ooh. I know, right? Once the bowl had gone around, the host was expected to drain the last drops and consume the toast in honor of the guests. Hmm. How much fun is that? I just love this book. <laughs> it is so, so good. It's, it, it's one of the absolute favorites. It really dives into the, the details and the depth of the history of dining etiquette. I, and, and this is one of my favorite topics also. I absolutely love toasting. I think it's, it's one of those real opportunities for distinction in an increasingly casual world. It really is an opportunity to take any meal or gathering and turn it into an occasion. By proposing an informal toast, you can really um, honor somebody and, and, and take an opportunity to, to take a meal and, and really crystallize it for just a moment into something really special. And because it doesn't happen all the time, I think you can surprise people in the most pleasant of ways by, by offering an <laughs> informal toast. So it's almost like getting a thank you card. It's like it's like that simple thing that just makes it all the it better. It really is. <laughs> and and, and you, it's not, it's fun and it's nice to know all of the elaborate traditions and and how to do a very formal toast where everybody stands and toasts are exchanged and given back and forth. It's so nice to just really keep it simple. You can make eye contact, say something sweet about somebody. Um, the, the important thing to remember is that when you're being toasted, you don't drink immediately. As we learned when we when we heard that that history right there, uh, toasting comes from a tradition where you shared a communal mug or jug. So when the, the glass was poured, the host offered a toast and they drank first to show everybody it wasn't poisoned and it was going to be safe to, <laughs> to share this beverage. So you waited till your host drank first and then you followed as the guest. The simplest thing to remember about toasting, uh, you don't need to clink glasses. You can just make eye contact and it's a really nice thing to do. Great. That's our history on toasting. We hope you enjoyed it and let's get on to our etiquette salute. Today's etiquette salute is for a friend who has passed but remains a presence in our writer's life, and I thought that this had such wonderful sentiment, I really wanted to share it. Dale from Texas writes, I'm very much enjoying the podcast. When I listened today, I remembered that I had intended to write last week about the guest noticing the less than generous tip given by a host. This was from our conversation with Jess Walter. Mm-hmm. I often host business and social events in restaurants, as my apartment is just too small. Following the example of a dear friend I knew in the early 1980s, I arranged with the manager or server to pay away from the table. I've done this various ways depending on what the restaurant prefers. Sometimes I have a special menu prepared with a limited number of choices, and while this approach can seem fussy, it can also be simple and elegant." If not for my late friend Charles, I would never have approached a public meal this way, but it has worked well for me for many years. While my gratuity is generous, my guests can't be concerned about it. I just wanted to share those thoughts in memory of my friend, the most gracious man I've ever had the privilege of knowing. Sincerely, Dale in San Antonio, Texas. Dale, that is just a beautiful sentiment, and what Dan and I both love so much about it is that we do the same. When we have a friend who has influenced us in some way, 
you know, especially when it comes to your actions, um, it's a wonderful way to continually remember this person and the influence that they've had on your life. And I love that your memory has to deal with etiquette. So thank you for submitting your salute. Well, now, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We love to hear from you, so please send us your questions, your etiquette salutes, or your suggestions to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. We love the feedback. You can also find us on Facebook. We're the Emily Post Institute. On Twitter, I'm at Daniel underscore Post. And I'm at Lizzie A. Post. Or you can visit our website, emilypost.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Bob Wagner, whose awesome band, The Dark Side of the Mountain, performed this weekend. I went, got to enjoy a little Pink Floyd cover band on a Halloween weekend. (laughs) Awesome Etiquette is part of the Infinite Guest Network, which has all kinds of podcasts for you to listen to. With Thanksgiving coming up quickly, it's probably good to put some quality food podcasts into your regular rotation. Try Big Appetites with Patty Hinnich and Sally Swift where this week they'll talk soup. Soup is delicious. It's yummy, yummy, (laughs) yummy. Also check out The Splendid Table, which has a ton of recipes and suggestions for your upcoming holiday food needs. More at infiniteguest.org. 